Welcome back to Access Bodybuilding with me, Aaron Sigerman, and my co-host, the compatriot in crime, IFBB Bikini Pro, Christina Voynich. Christina, what's in the news for this week? Ronnie Coleman under the knife, King Kong back under contract, Kelly Ryan paroled, holiday deaths, Rolly Winkler's progress picks, our 2012 predictions, and the interview of the week is natural freak Dr. Lane Norton all this week on Access Bodybuilding. All right, Christina, let's start at the very beginning. Ronnie Coleman under the knife. If you read my gossip column, which I know you did, I got a compliment from you on it. Thank you for that. No problem. Um, One of the things we talked about is some detective work that you found. And uh, we actually found, or you found, some interesting Twitters where Ronnie was going back and forth with people talking about his back surgery and actually telling people that he was cosmetically getting some new muscles put on, right? Right. He, I don't know if he necessarily said he was getting new muscles. It was he was getting some cosmetic surgery to help make his muscles grow, to help get bigger muscles. So it didn't necessarily sound like he was getting implants of any kind. Um, which I think some people were assuming. Um, but what it made it sound like is he was having some sort of procedure done so he could either either breathe better or he could, therefore, get bigger muscles. Yeah, which um, I don't think either one of us ever thought he was having some kind of cosmetic surgery on his uh, back muscles or spine or anything like that. I was actually wondering if Ronnie was under the influence of some pain medicine or something like that. Uh, but I actually showed it to Dave, and Dave thinks that's just Ronnie's sense of humor trying to joke around with his fans. I was thinking the same thing when he was saying cosmetic surgery over and over and he was saying, you know, got to get these muscles big. I was like, I think he's just being kind of funny. Yeah. Um, there was probably some other stuff going on, like we'll talk about it in a minute. That, uh, But, you know, he just likes to interact with his fans and people were paying attention. It caught our attention. Um, you see Ronnie Coleman in a neck brace, essentially, on a hospital bed and you think, you know, what the hell is going on? Right. And um, Ronnie, like, the, like you're talking about, Ronnie has actually had several surgeries on his back. Not everybody knows that, although Ronnie has been pretty open with it as of late. You know, before, when he first had his surgery and he was having his problems, right after he kind of stepped off the stage, I don't want to say retired because Ronnie always makes uh, illusions that he'll be back at any moment, which could be just a marketing thing to keep himself relevant, or maybe he's really planning on uh, coming back at some point. But uh, he was kind of keeping it under wraps. Um, But I had heard from... Uh, Brian Dobson over there at the Metroflex gym that he was dealing with a surgery or, the, or basically coming back from a surgery. Remember when we interviewed him on Access Bodybuilding? It, it's been a, quite a while now, but when we first asked Brian about Ronnie doing the uh, the Masters uh, Return of the Legends show, uh, Brian actually said that he was recovering at that time from a back surgery and that he was still right. having back problems. So this is actually Ronnie's third, I believe, maybe even fourth back surgery, at least third back surgery. And uh, from what I understood and uh, what Dave tells me and and he told some other people is he was actually having a a maleogram, which is a diagnostic test to assess the damage in the spine. So it looks like um, from from that test, if that's what he had done, in fact, he must have some more serious damage that he doesn't um, hasn't been repaired yet. So this is more mostly a diagnostic to see what needs to be done in the future. So not necessarily cosmetic surgery, like he was saying, it's more like a test. However, I'm assuming that, you know, this uh, damage that has been done to a spine, there's a reason he's getting this tested, um, is probably affecting his lifting and is affecting his training. Um, So play on words, sure, is how he was talking about it, but um, it could have a little bit of, uh, I don't know, 
truth behind it that maybe if he's able to train better now once he gets all this assessed you know it could essentially make his muscles bigger i suppose i suppose you could look at it as kind of cosmetic i suppose uh, but this is the question we're not going to do our predictions yet for 2012 but i do want to ask you do you think this is obviously you know this is just our opinion but do you think we will actually see ronnie back on stage this year i do not think so I kind of get the feeling that that Ronnie's done no matter what. You know, he is. Yeah. He is. Uh, I think he's forty-seven years old now. Uh, the as far as I know, Tony Freeman at forty-five is the oldest guy competing and doing well right now. Um, so I think it will be a real big stretch, even if Ronnie were to be fully recover, for him to go back to the gym and train like he used to. I believe even if he's able to for a short period of time, that's almost like asking for a disaster and having even more problems. Well, I think at this point, there's been so many injuries. Right. Um, you know, it's it's hard to come back from that. It's hard to come back. Not only, you know, is your body completely different since, you know, the last time you've dieted for a show, but to have undergone, you know, so many injuries and have to recover from all of that, who knows if your body is going to respond the way that it should when you need to diet down. I, I don't know. I, I think Ronnie likes being big. Um, Ronnie has that, you know... That sense about him and that aura about him, he's, you know, big freaking Ronnie Coleman. And, you know, I I think um, it's almost best for him to stay like that and kind of, you know, go out on a bang and and still be the the big icon that he is instead of trying to return to the stage. I think if he keeps it this way, then um, there's not going to be any need for any scrutiny if he shows up and, you know, gets beaten, heaven forbid, or... um, you know, loses to to someone younger and in better shape. I, I would just hate for that to happen. So I think it's probably a good idea if he doesn't. Would it be cool to see him compete? Yeah, and are you going to draw a big, huge crowd? Absolutely, you get a shit ton of press, but at what cost, you know? Right, and uh, the chances of him coming back and being better than he was last time we saw him on stage, I think, are, are zero at this point, so... Um, that's something to consider when you're thinking about a legacy like Ronnie Coleman has. Now, our next story is big. Zach King Khan is uh, back under contract. And um, this is a good story, a happy story for Zach, who's a nice guy. He gets re-signed with Weeder AMI. And um, are you surprised, Christina, to hear that Zach is back under contract with the magazine deal? You know, a little bit because he's kind of not competed in a long time um, so it kind of makes you think that maybe he's got plans to compete this year and has expressed that to Weeder and um, they have faith that he's going to do well and succeed well he did tell me when we interviewed him on Access Bodybuilding that he absolutely plans to be on stage at some point in 2012 he said he's not going to rush it he's going to wait till he believes his leg is ready his injured legs are ready and uh, that he is able to go in there and do the kind of damage that he's expecting him, himself to do, which would be to, to win a contest. Uh, that said, it just goes to show you, Christina, that there's more to putting somebody under contract than their contest history. Because Zach has developed an incredible following on the Internet, not necessarily from competing or even when he got his pro card, but from what happened after his injury and uh, his videos for Nutrex. Um, and his internet, what he's been doing on the internet and everything else, he's built a fan base during his injury, basically. 
Oh, absolutely. I think he's bigger now because of all of that and because of the publicity that he has had through, especially with Nutrex. And, you know, he's in uh, the, the ad, the type of ads that he's in. And when he's at the Expos and at the, you know, Olympia or the Arnold, he's, you know, King Kong. He's huge and he's massive and he's, you know, always willing to take photos with people and people just like him. And he's a cool guy to talk to and he's funny and he's nice and he's sweet. So I think, you know, people may have been able to relate to him even through his injuries and in turn he's got a bigger fan base than he probably would have gotten otherwise sure i mean i saw him uh at the gym and i interviewed him on video for rx at the gym at gold's gym flamingo in uh in las vegas at the olympia and obviously his leg size was way way down he had just started training legs even without training legs he was on the scale at over 300 pounds uh i don't want to say very lean but uh leaner than you know most bodybuilders in the offseason, probably, you know, 8%, 9% body fat. And his arms are gigantic. And the freak factor, there's something to be said about that. You put him on the cover of a magazine or an article in the magazine or on the cover of your supplements, and he's going to have people's eyes popping out of their heads because his arms, um, I've seen a lot of bodybuilders' arms, a lot of bodybuilders up close, and he may have the biggest arms of anybody I've ever seen up close. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I, I mean, I've seen Ronnie back in the day, and and Ronnie's were crazy, but he Zach may be bigger, and they're definitely uh, rounder. They're super crazy round. So you know, there's something to be said for that. That's something that sells magazines and uh, sells supplements. So even if he comes back and doesn't do well, he still may. It, it may not matter. No, I think you're right, and I think um, you know Weeder understood the marketability of him, and uh, they're taking advantage of it, which is good. He good deserves choice. it. Good choice by Robbie Durant and. Uh, and those guys over there, Robin Chang at AMI, to pick him up. This is a if this was uh, one of Robbie's first moves at AMI, and he's responsible for this, then this was a very good move, I believe. Agreed, absolutely. Um, next story is that there's some confusion on the Kelly Ryan paroled all over the internet in uh, December, late December, early now that the early in this year, January, we're hearing a lot of stuff about Kelly Ryan being paroled. Everybody knows Kelly Ryan was Craig Titus's wife, now ex-wife. Both Craig and Kelly are in jail, and they're still in jail. So a lot of people were saying that Kelly Ryan was up for parole on the 23rd of December, okay? And that, that comes from a story that John Romano wrote quite a while ago. The truth of the matter is there was no trial date or parole hearing on that day. So I don't know where John came up with this or how he, how he decided to report it you know, in the first place or where he got this date, but it, does, it didn't exist. And uh, she did not get parole uh, granted, and she was not up for parole to begin with on that day. Now, she did have a court date in September, but no parole was granted then. I don't even know if she was actually up for parole in September. Yeah, in the first place. But really where the confusion comes in is people, and I've even had industry people text me um, around Christmas time, basically, asking if she was out, if she was free. And um, the truth of the matter is that, that I don't think people fully understood what was going on with Kelly. Yes, um, John was could have been correct that she could have been up for parole, and she may very well be up for parole very soon. I don't know. Regardless of that, if she were to be granted parole, which personally I don't think she will, but let's say she gets granted parole, she has two charges. Uh, she has the charge of uh, battery, uh, the, the battery charge to commit murder, I believe it is, and then she has an arson charge. These charges are not concurrent which means they don't run together. They're consecutive. 
So that means when one is finished, the next one begins, whether it be finished because of parole or it be able to be finished because she's done her time, served her time in jail or, or prison in this case. So it's not, there's a big difference, a legal terminology, concurrent and consecutive. So that's where the confusion comes in. So let's say that she were to get it, Christina, and she were to get parole, let's say tomorrow, okay? That would still leave her an additional four years for the arson charge. So, you know, she's not getting out anytime soon. So people are getting confused, you know, oh, she's going to be out soon. No, she definitely will not be out soon. Right, because even once all of her time is served for the battery to commit murder, she then has to answer for the arson charge after that. Exactly, exactly. So people, um, that, that's where the confusion comes out. And, uh, you know, I, I've even heard I even heard people earlier in, in the year asking if she'll be back, like, competing again at some point in 2012. I think it's safe to say we're not going to see Kelly Ryan out uh, anytime soon. Yeah, I think you're right. It's going to be a while. Yeah, it's going to be a while. Now, next on our list is holiday deaths. This is, uh, you know... I guess really the worst time to lose somebody would be uh, a family member would be during the holidays, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you know, there's never a good time, but if there's any time where you usually end up missing your loved ones, it's around the holidays. So not only are you missing, you know, the people that have passed around Christmas and New Year's, you're now having to deal with the death of someone else that's close to you, which has to be absolutely devastating to go through. Yeah. Um Christina, you have both your mother and father. I've met them both, so they're, they're both alive and well, right? Yes, they are. Um, and uh, so are mine. So it's tough. I can only imagine uh, what John Romano, you know, his his dad passed away. And then Bob Ciccarello, Bob is a, is a great guy, you know, uh, very well respected in bodybuilding. And uh, his father, unfortunately, both fathers passed away from cancer. And then um, most recently, just uh, literally just a few days ago, I, I received the email from Peter McGuff the former editor-in-chief of Flex Magazine uh, and a freelance writer for Muscle Mag, also a uh, bodybuilding historian, a very all-around nice guy. Uh, he was, uh, unfortunately, he, he had to kind of fly out to the UK all of a sudden because his sister was sick. And uh, he emailed me the other night, and uh, she passed away and succumbed to cancer at 64 years old. Uh, her name is Hannah Warner, and uh, that was 17 years that she was fighting cancer. Definitely our condolences go out. I mean, especially when you're um, unfortunately watching someone struggle with cancer or struggle with some sort of disease or or illness. That's uh, definitely the hardest thing to deal with. So absolutely our condolences go out to all of them and their families for sure. Absolutely. Um, On a totally different note, Ruli Winkler, he released progress pictures very recently. And I've actually been following. I've seen some of his videos. He's got some YouTube videos up there with him training with... uh, grandma there, uh, Sybil, and he has been expanding rapidly, uh, not just the size, but the amount of weight he's pushing or squatting. He is just, um, I guess, the, you know, he was saying that they really needed, or Sybil was saying they really needed a full off season. And it looks like from what we're seeing here that uh, in these pictures and the videos that the off season is doing Ruli Winkler uh, very well. Yeah, it's funny, you know, there was someone on the the thread where these photos uh, were posted, even on our ex, who was talking about, you know, his chest almost looks photoshopped. Now, granted, these were clearly taken with a, you know, like cell phone, so I doubt they're photoshopped, but they he looks pretty, pretty freaking massive. Yeah, he, um, you know, if you remember, Christina, last year, he did so many shows um, that 
we were everybody was kind of starting to get more and more disappointed with Ruli as he went on. We kind of felt like he was uh, the new phenomenon for a while, and the more he competed, the less impressive he got. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And uh, we were just figuring. I remember you and I talked about it that he just seemed looked tired. You know that he looked like his body needed a break. There are some guys that can do show after show after show. You know, someone like uh, Ed Nunn that while he may not be as a hundred percent at every show, um, he can do half the shows of the year and still look great um, just about every time. Um, but yeah, with with Rolly, it it seemed like he was digressing every time he was stepping on stage. And yeah, it definitely by that last show he needed a break. Yeah. And uh, it looks like he's doing well. Now, the, the plan, obviously, you've seen the Arnold invite list, and Ruli really is not on the list. I don't even think he applied. Uh, it seems to me that we were not going to be able to see that he, they are going to stick with their original plan. And uh, Sybil said that he was going to try to do one of the shows directly before the Olympia, which that may be, uh, I think Tijuana is still on the list for this year. So maybe he'll do a Tijuana show, or maybe he'll do the Dallas Europa, or, or a show right around there. Um, you know, I think that Ruli's progress has been pretty tremendous from what we see in the pictures. I also want to say that I had no idea how, how freakishly strong he is. There's some. Uh, there's one video where he's benching, I believe, 495 very easily for like eight reps. I haven't seen those. Yeah, they, he's got one on there where he's uh, very, I mean, ridiculously easy. Uh, there may even, I think there was one where he was doing a, a 585 for a few on bench. He from the lifts I'm seeing in the squatting, I think I saw one where he's doing seven plates or, or maybe you thinking plates. he you thinking he's the strongest currently the strongest bodybuilder. I'm wondering if he goes to the Olympia. I mean, it's money, right? If he's training like this regularly, if he does the world's strongest bodybuilder, I think that there's a chance that he may walk away with some, you know, with the ten grand or whatever they're going to do this year, twenty grand. Um, I mean, he's not training for singles at all. Uh, I, don't, I don't even think I've, I think that he was doing. Five, six, seven, eight on all those extremely heavy weights, but he may be the strongest uh, pro bodybuilder out there. I think he might even give Stan Everding a run for his money. So, Uh-oh. yeah, I don't know. I mean, Stan is the man, but uh, I'm seeing some pretty crazy stuff from Ruli. I don't know if he changes his training up. If he's not going to compete around the Olympia time, if they decide to wait even longer, then maybe this would be something uh, Ruli should consider go in there and try to cra- grab some money. Might be worth it for some cash, absolutely. Yeah, if, I mean that's the obviously if he's planning on doing the show before the Olympia, that probably won't make not going to work. Right, um, I, but you never know. I mean, if he's one of these guys that is, it, if he doesn't qualify, let's assume, and it's not going to be easy because all those shows obviously now he's got to win to get a qualification. So I almost think waiting that late uh, is a big risk. You know, um, if he waits to the Dallas Europa or the Tijuana show. There might be some other big names that come in there and try to snatch that up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I uh, definitely think you're right there. So I don't know. But uh, if he can, uh, if he could do it, man, I would love to see somebody. That's totally new blood as far as uh, strongest bodybuilder goes. You know, we've seen Johnny Jackson. We've seen Ben White. Obviously, we've seen Stan Efferding. So I would like to see somebody new get up there and uh, and try to try to do well. You know, uh, Ben Pakulski is another guy who's got at least a great squat and a great deadlift. I've seen him do... In front of my face, do seven sixty five for two on the deadlift, and I know you've seen I've seen him on video many times squat seven or eight plates for reps. So this is somebody who could, at least in those two lifts, possibly win. 
I, I think it surprised a lot of people too. He's kind of you know been uh, you don't you don't think Roy Winkler and think strongest bodybuilder. No, so not he could at all. surprise he could he could surprise some people. I think. Yeah, not at all. So next on our list is the 2012 predictions, and I know you're not a big fan of making predictions. But once again, I'm no. gonna I'm gonna force you to make some predictions. <laughs> thank you, thank you. You always your predictions. You always try to stay so negative, and I tell you, come on, don't be so negative. Oh, uh huh, uh huh. I'm I'm the one, ladies Just and kidding. gentlemen. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so I want to do a few predictions, and I want them to be general. It could be about bodybuilding, the fitness industry, anything for 2012 um, related to our industry or our, our sport. And they can be as general as you want or as specific as you want. And uh, and we'll, we'll shoot it for at least two. So you go ahead and uh, you want to start this thing off? I'll have you start, Aaron. Okay. I'm going to start with something general. I think that the two the 202 switching to the 212, by the end of the year, we will come away uh, in next year saying that this was a bad decision to switch to 212. Hmm, you think not enough people are going to compete in 212? I think that what's going to do is it's going to scare away some people um, as far as the weight differential, the, the change in weight will scare some competitors away. And the real reason I say that is that I don't think we're going to see any more prize money available than we did this year. So that is my rationale for being successful or being not successful, honestly, is if these guys are competing for more money, because if there's more money available, then automatically it's a success because it makes sense to raise the weight because now we're bringing in more money. If the weight right. money is the same, then I'll, I will come away almost certainly feeling like this was maybe not the best decision. I could see that. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay, your turn. Okay. Um, I will say that once the pro physique divisions start showing up in the um, pro shows this year, starting, I believe, in February. Um, I believe that women's physique is going to um, be much, much more successful than men's physique. Not in the sense that we won't see men's physique pros competing. Um, I... It's more along the lines of I don't know if the fans are going to appreciate that as much as they will um, women's physique. And I think women's physique, and because of that, is going to skyrocket in numbers. I, I, I agree with you. I think that's a safe bet. I think that the men's physique on the pro stage, they don't do anything. You know, So I think yeah. that the fact that they don't do anything and it's, it's guys, I think it's going to hurt them. And I think women's physique do do something. And I think that there's been a real, in the pro division, I think there's been a real hole where these girls will actually be filling a, a hole. Like, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that like muscular women, even more muscular than uh, figure. And even the figure girls, if they could flex, they would probably be good enough. But the fact that they don't, they want something in between. I feel like there's a lot of guys and a lot of girls that, that have aspirations of either seeing or looking like something in between. So I'm not surprised. I wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I got to tell you this really quick, too. Um, speaking of women's physique, I'll add in another little uh, gossip story. Um, Dana Lynn Bailey, the first women's physique pro um, ever, you know, of uh, 2011 and, and ever, um, she announced on Muscle Girls last week that she is now signed with MHP. Yes, yes that's right. So um, I'm wondering if she is, uh, I believe she might be the first women's new women's physique competitor to uh, have, you know, a formal supplement contract. Very cool. Probably the first of many. Now that you say that, you bring up another gossip story about women's physique. I, I you know, 
as you say, you remind me of other ones. Nicole Ball has switched over from women's bodybuilding to women's physique. Yes. That's big news. That's the first um, uh, top pro girl that has switched over. That uh, and, and you know what? It brings up a question since uh, you are our uh, female resident of the show. Um, what do you think? How do you think Nicole Ball will fare? Because I, th- I would imagine she's not going to be more muscular than any girl that's turned pro so far. I, you're, you're saying that she's not going to be more muscular? No, she is, absolutely. I think even if she turns yeah. it way down, she's going to have a level of development that will be far surpassed any girl we've seen this year turn pro. Absolutely. And the, the thing is, is, in my opinion, she's going to essentially have to stop training completely. Right. Um, I, even a lot of the women's physique pros have said they've had to completely change their training where they're doing more like plyometrics and they're not training legs anymore. They're not training shoulders anymore because parts of their body are so overdeveloped that because now there is a ceiling that they can hit, right? That's, you know, the borderline between fig, uh, physique and bodybuilding Then they don't want to go into bodybuilding. So they've almost quit, quit training. Um, if they're, if they're competitors who are moving up from figure, they can still train hard. Um, you know, they just maybe train uh, a little bit differently. Um, but I'm I'm afraid that those who went from bodybuilding to physique, um, someone like Nicole. I mean, I think it's cool that you know maybe Nicole is not wanting to get any bigger because that's where female bodybuilding is going. Female bodybuilders are still getting bigger, um, and that's just part of it. Nicole may never be the next Iris Kyle, um, so she's probably thinking, okay, well, if I just scale down a little bit, I can do physique, but I, I'm thinking that I don't know that that's necessarily going to work for her because she is that much bigger than everyone else. You put her next to, like, Jillian Reville. Huge difference, right? Huge. And, and Jill, I think, is a great representation of women's physique. Or you put her next to Dana Lynn Bailey or Jen Robinson, and these girls look amazing. You put those girls next to figure competitors, and it's, dear God, they're too big. But um, I think throwing Nicole Ball in may shake things up for sure. But um, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a good move. See, you know, you, you just said something interesting, that, that these girls are much bigger than the, the figure girls. I actually don't think that's true at all. I think that if you took... Jillian Ravel, and put her on stage with the top pro figure girls, I think that she would still not be as big or definitely not blow them away size-wise. You know, I see Aaron Stern in the gym every day. I think Jillian's got a good little good little ways to go to be as muscular as Aaron. I guess I mean um, when these girls are trying to turn pro. Right, right, okay. You know, you, you throw these girls on a figure stage at a national level show, and they're gonna, they've are gonna they all placed dead last. That's, right, the, right. that's the consensus among all of them. I've interviewed all of them. They've all placed dead last. They switched to physique. They turned pro. That's what's interesting. Um, as, a pro, in a, as a pro division, it will be strange because the pro figure girls, the girls that are good, that are doing figure, are are also more muscular than most of the girls that are turning pro now in figure. Right. So that's it's right. a strange uh, situation. Like uh, like you said, Jillian wasn't doing well in figure at all, although she was trying hard and she was coming in shape. But she's, and they were saying she was too muscular. Her shoulders were too big. Well, I see Aaron in the gym every day, and Jillian's still got a long way to go. Aaron's arms and shoulders are still bigger than Jillian's. Sure. So it's, it's interesting, and I wonder where it will go. So your bet... And actually, my bet, too, is that the girls who did well and got their pro card this year in physique are going to be closer to what they're looking for in the pro division than a female bodybuilder coming down. Yes, yeah, I, 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 I definitely think so. I, I think that um, 
while the posing, I think the female bodybuilders are able to hit the poses because a lot of them do that anyway in their routines. But I think just the physique in general, it's going to be too much for the judges, I think. Interesting. I, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, let's make another prediction. My prediction is we will definitely see Zach Khan back on stage in 2012. I think that we will see a, a pro debut. And I think that we're going to see him surprise some people. I think we're going to see him place top three in his first show for sure. I you think you think in top three? I'm going to say top five. Okay, okay. It, although it depends on the show, but I'll say top five. All right, we'll see who's right on this one, Christina. Well, my second prediction, I guess, is a little more general, and I was just talking about you know female bodybuilders. But um, my second prediction was that with all the talk that women's bodybuilding is going to be gone you know, this time next year, you know, the start of 2013, um, they, everybody's saying female bodybuilding is going to be gone. I think it's actually going to stay around for a minimum a number to another two years uh, minimum. I don't think it's going anywhere for a while. I think if these women um, keep showing up at the national level, then it's still going to stick around personally. Okay. I'll do one more. Uh, I'm predicting Cedric McMillan will win his first show of 2012 and qualify for the Olympia. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. Do we know what Do we know what show he's uh, planning on doing? I don't think it even matters. I don't think it matters. <laughs> that's my prediction for Cedric, at least. I'm. That's my. That's my thinking. And I think he's got no pressure. I think he's ready. And I think we're going to see uh, a significantly improved Cedric from even nationals when he looked his best, in my opinion. I I like Cedric. So if he does, I'll be very happy for him. As long as he's not in the same show as Mike, right? Well, yeah. Of course, of course. Of course. You like, say I, think, that. I, I think Mike's. I think Michael Libertori is going to win the very first show he competes in in two thousand. Ah, that's nice. that's good. I hope so. He deserves. <laughs> he deserves to. You know what? You know what sucks is that like next year. You know, if he keeps going at the pace that he has been going, he would definitely make top three next year, which means he would definitely qualify. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, it's not that way this year. He needs to win. Yes. Yes, I, I will say this, a uh, brief off-season update. He is um, doing very well and uh, made some good improvements even thus far. So there are no uh, solid plans on when and if to compete in 2012, but um, I'm not just speaking speaking bias. He's uh, looking very looking very good. Um, when and if? You mean there's a chance we might not see him on stage? I don't know. Oh, Maybe. No. So, so he might take a whole year off? Maybe. But there, there, there's a chance that he will not. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> you like that? You like? I can't, I can't screw him. Screw him over on this one. I'll, I'll wait till next week when you get a solid answer from him. Okay. How about it? All right, good. Maybe we'll have him on as the, the mini interview of the week. It's been a long time since we've had Mike on, so maybe we need to get. You get used to have him on a little, a little more before. Maybe you don't because you know I'm, I'm on here now. Yeah, you can speak for him. You know what I mean true <laughs> so uh our interview of the week this week is uh dr lane norton and uh people on rx muscle haven't had uh, the chance to be to really hear uh lane before and lane is a very knowledgeable guy on nutrition supplements and uh really anything having to do with working out i mean that's he's made it his life since he was uh, a teenager and uh, i was glad to be able to get him on I, at first i didn't think you know he's my neighbor so uh I wasn't sure that we would even be able to get him on since he does write for MD, but since he doesn't have an exclusive contract, he was very happy to come on the show. And uh, we have a nice, good, long interview with Lane. And uh, by the end of this thing, uh, 
I feel like people are going to get a, a feeling for the, who the guy is and uh, what kind of person he is and kind of a, a little bit about his life story. I decided to, to keep it very access bodybuilding. Uh, so you're going to hear kind of Lane's story as opposed to hearing the typical things you might hear Lane talk about, about like uh, leucine or, or protein metabolism or, or whatever else, you know. So I think it's something uh, something a lot of at least everybody on RX Muscle hasn't heard. And uh, most people, I think, in general will come away knowing something new about Lane. Know a little bit more about him than you did before. At least. Probably a lot. I mean, uh, even I learned a lot, but uh, um, at least a little. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. So, Christina, uh, who do you have on Muscle Girls this week? This week we have Chikandi Mseka. Chikandi Mseka. Uh, Chikandi Mseka. She uh, was the... <laughs> She was, I, I, I'm pronouncing it right though. Um, that is exactly how you pronounce it. Uh, she won the overall figure uh, title at this last year's uh, Junior USA's. So um, really, really fun to talk to. And then Diana and I recap our New Year's a little bit. And uh, we also talk about ways to keep your relationship happy. So if you're a man or a woman, you need to listen. Um, did uh, Diana do anything crazy for New Year's? No, if you've heard Muscle Girls, Diana's pretty much a homebody. I think I got a little crazier than she did. And she doesn't drink. So, um, she really doesn't drink. Why doesn't she not drink? She doesn't drink at all. She's 21, she's almost 22, and she does not drink. Is there yep. some is there some reason for that or is it just no, by choice? She just by choice doesn't uh, doesn't want to drink. So she that's interesting. I should interview her about that. That might not be a bad idea. But no, uh, she doesn't drink. But uh, it's a good show, so check it out. Uh, We definitely will. So, Christina, as always, if people want to contact you, they do it at C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A at rxmuscle.com. You can always contact me at jubacca, J-U-B-A-C-C-A at rxmuscle.com. And, Christina, uh, for this week, me and you are done. Sweet. Peace out. Peace out. Are you tired all day not making the gains you like? Are you taking a long time to recuperate from your workouts? Then you may be suffering from sleep apnea and not even know it. Sleep apnea affects over 68% of athletes and it may be interfering with your performance. WinningEdgeSleep.com was developed by IFBB pro athlete Dr. Derling Castro to help athletes find out if they have this problem and how to fix it. WinningEdgeSleep.com because sleep is the most anabolic agent there is. WinningEdgeSleep.com. Visit them today. Hydrolyze Ultra, the leader in cellular hydration water. Hydrolyze Ultra water has been designed by shrinking and reshaping molecules to allow a faster and more sustained delivery into your cells. Our cellular water has gone through a magnetism and laser treatment process, along with adding electrolytes to our special ingredients. This allows all nutrients to be absorbed at a maximum cellular state. By using Hydrolyze Ultra, all nutrients, supplements, and carbohydrates you consume will be absorbed at a greater rate. Lactic acid gets flushed faster, and you'll feel full hydrated. Get the advantage that top athletes have achieved. Try Hydrolyze Ultra today. Visit HydrolyzeUltra.com That's HydrolyzeUltra.com Fusion Bodybuilding makes bodybuilding's strongest supplements and they're committed to giving back to you. Fusion Bodybuilding not only want to promote the bodybuilding lifestyle, but they also want to help build the sport. Bodybuilding is all they do. It's their obsession. You know the feeling. That's why you're here. Visit Fusion Bodybuilding at FusionBodybuilding.com or Join in on the conversation on the Fusion Bodybuilding fan page on Facebook, where you'll find IFBB Pro Q&As, contest giveaways, and nothing but in-depth bodybuilding talk. 
Fusion Bodybuilding, bodybuilding's strongest supplements. Head over to FusionBodybuilding.com today. RxMuscle.com. Now you have a place to turn when you want the truth on bodybuilding, diet, and exercise. Up to the minute news and more. Visit the RxMuscle.com forums featuring celebrity Q&As with IFBB professional athletes, top amateurs, and the brightest minds in the industry. Listen to our weekly radio shows including Heavy Muscle Radio, Muscle Girls Inc., After Hours, and more. Contest coverage, videos, even our own social networking site, Rx Muscle Place. Visit RxMuscle.com. Welcome back to Access Bodybuilding. This week's guest of the week is none other than the natural guru. That's my name for him. Uh, my neighbor, uh, you can read his stuff at MD, all over the place, Lane Norton. Lane, welcome to the show. Dr. Lane Norton, I should say. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. You know, it's always good to get the nice ego boost to hearing, you know, doctor right in front of my name, so I appreciate that. <laughs> of course. I wouldn't want to leave that out. I know there's a lot of hard work that went into getting that uh, doctor. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely the hardest thing I've ever done. So the um, only thing in my life I ever wanted to quit, to be honest with you. But, um, uh, yeah, definitely uh, worth it to stick it out. And uh, and uh, even nobody calls nobody calls me Dr. Norton, but it's, it's nice to hear it every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend, uh, and my, one of my close friends in high school, and his dad uh, was a doctor. And I would uh, I would go in there and I'd call him, on accident, I'd call him Mr. Harrell. And he always say, no, Aaron, it's Dr. Harrell. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I actually—it's kind, of, kind of a weird place now. When, when uh, people email me or something, they say, uh, uh, "Dear Mr. Norton," or or et cetera, et cetera. And, and my immediate response is like, "That's actually the worst thing you can call me because it's like older <laughs> than Lane." You, right. know, you call me Lane, that's fine. Everybody knows me as Lane online. It's older than Lane, but it's not Doctor. You know, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Right. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, either call me Lane or call me Doctor, but not Mister. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can hear. I, I feel you on that. I don't like to hear Mister Singerman either because I always think of like everybody always says you think of your dad, you know, or my grandpa, really. Right. Yeah. Um, exactly. Well, Lane, this is the first time that anybody's heard your voice on RX Muscle on the radio shows or anything. So it's it's my uh, my privilege and honor to to have you on here. And I wanted to kind of start. Uh, way back at the beginning, I know you were like me. You got involved on the boards in uh, in bodybuilding very early on, and I kind of wanted to hear about how you uh, how you started off with your interest in bodybuilding and nutrition, and uh, how you got involved in the internet and the boards to begin with. Yeah, that's um, oh man. Uh, so I guess it was two thousand one, and. Um, you know, I got into bodybuilding because I, I got picked on a lot when I was in high school, and a lot of people already kind of know that story. And, um, you know, without rehashing it too much, it basically, you know, I know everybody gets ribbed on in high school, but it was kind of the, I was kind of at the low end of the, you know, the social totem pole. So got into bodybuilding to improve my confidence and, and improve, improve my, um, my self-esteem. And uh, over the years, that kind of grew into a more uh, from, you know, being kind of a... Uh, uh, problem of my own self-image to I just love lifting weights and once I got into college uh, my roommate was actually into lifting weights and so we kind of fed off each other that first year of college and I really wanted to do a show and uh, so I was dieting that summer coming home from college this was in 2001 when I was 19 and um, was dieting that summer and kind of was going online looking for different things you know to keep myself motivated and look at um you know, look and see what other bodybuilders were doing, and uh, bodybuilding.com was kind of the first thing, you know, that came up, and 
um, they had a message board. And I thought, oh, this is cool, you know, go interact with other people that are into bodybuilding. And, uh, I mean, this is, you know, you see bodybuilding.com message boards. Now they're 4 million members, mm. half of which probably don't even lift weights, right. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, and then, um, you know, back then it was like less than 1,000 members. Wow. And it wasn't divided into sections. It was a scrolling message board where... If you posted something, let's say it's in, you posted in August, let's say it's December now, you've got to scroll all the way back up to find your old post uh, and see if anybody responded to it. So, you know, I kind of got, I kind of got involved in their posting um, and got, you know, introduced to my first uh, taste of anonymity, you know, people being anonymous on the internet and, mm -hmm. and hiding behind uh, the cloak of the anonymity. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, um, but, but anyway, largely a, a, a positive thing, um, you know, I started, and what I started doing was uh, I'd post little mini articles on the message boards there. And uh, I guess some people went to the, you know, kind of the, the, um, the heads of Bible.com and said, hey, you know, you ought to check this guy out. He, he writes, you know, good stuff. Um, and at that time, they were kind of taking articles from anybody that could write them and be honest, they had, and they'd probably even tell you that they had a lot of crap articles just because they were just trying to get content on their site and build their content base. Um, and so they, they offered for me to write. And, you know, I was happy to do it. It was uh, very cool. And, you know, to be quite honest with you, that you know, stuff on their site, I still get emails from stuff that are from articles that are 10 years old, you know. So wow. uh, they it's amazing the amount of pull they have. And so I kind of got in at a good time in terms of, you know, I started writing and getting really popular as, as bodybuilding.com grew, I grew, and as I grew, bodybuilding.com grew, and uh, people kind of always kind of associated us, us a little bit, and uh, so I've been fortunate in that um, they've always been extremely, uh, extremely cool with me. They've always tried to get me involved in stuff they were doing. Uh, if I had any ideas, they were, they were always very supportive, and so, um, you know, I definitely can say that without a doubt, um, if it wasn't for uh, com and, and the DeLuca, uh, um, the DeLuca family, I, I definitely probably wouldn't be where I am today. Um, but yeah, it definitely is an interesting journey from getting involved, in, you know, very modest, you know, just me posting from my computer in my dorm room on uh, that old message board to... Lane, let me, you know, quick, quick, Lane, a, let me ask you real quick. Were you anonymous on the message board or did you were Lane Norton even No, back no, I... Uh, it wasn't Lane Norton, but it was my my moniker I still use, which is the the straight flex, right. um, which is which is it's funny. I've actually considered changing my, that that username a lot recently, just because it's you know I, it was my the reason I used that was because it was my AOL instant messenger name, and a lot of people have you know people are like, well, is that a homophobic name? You know, straight <laughs> flex, and I'm like, no, you know, when I was in high school, what. You know, if you were always doing something, the slang was you were straight doing that. So, you know, you know, if you were always kidding around, you were straight, you know, clowning or, or whatever it was. So I was always flexing. So, you know, people in high school would always say, well, you're straight flexing, you know. Ah. So, uh, it, you know, I took, you know, straight flex as my, my username and just kind of used that everywhere. Um, but, yeah, but, I mean, I always, you know, I had that username, but I would always, I would always, you know, sign in my post you know, Lane, um, and, uh, and, and, you know, I'd post up pictures for my contest and everything. So I, everybody, everybody kind of knew, 
uh, who it was. I definitely wasn't anonymous. I don't think I've ever made an anonymous post on, on any message board, you know. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's just, you know, I, I don't want to say, I understand why some people post as anonymous if they don't want to get ripped, but at the other at the other end of the spectrum, there's people who post anonymously just to rip others uh, because they're too cowardly to put anything, you know, their own their own identity behind it. Right. We definitely see a lot of that, that's for sure. Yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a few of those people, and, and a few have apparently managed to make somewhat of a name for themselves doing it, <laughs> which is hilarious because they don't actually have a name because they're completely anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. So, Lane, you, you, at what point did you actually compete? Are they in college? Yeah, my first, uh, uh, 2001, so I was 19 years old. It was the first summer after my freshman year of college, and I did the, uh, the, uh, 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 Mid-America Muscle Classic uh, with the IMBF, which uh, was uh, Dr. Joe Kondetsky's show uh, in my hometown of Evansville. And that, like, I got to say, I mean, I've done a bunch of shows. That probably sticks out in my mind more than any other show just because that was like my Super Bowl. At 19 years old, it was like, because um, I was going back home. Um, people who knew me in high school, who remember when I was a lunch, you know, they were, the, the guy I was going to be going up against in the teenage division that everybody knew was doing the show, his name was Josh Kuhn. And Josh was actually a good friend of mine in high school, but he was always known as, like, the big guy in high school, you know. So when people found out Josh was doing it, they were like, well, there's no way Lane can win. And <laughs> you, I had people tell me, Lane, why are you even doing the show? You know you can't win. Instead of, it, and actually, it's funny because it became a common theme in my in my competitive career. Why are you even doing this? You you know you can't win. <laughs> Fortunately, I never listened to anybody <laughs> regarding that. I just used it for motivation. And um, I actually, I did end up winning. And, uh, you know, it wasn't anything, uh, it wasn't like drama or anything. Like me and Josh are, uh, I, I said to say we don't really keep in touch anymore. But uh, we were always friends when we were around each other. And he was a really cool guy and a classy guy. And, um, but, uh, you know, to, to win... I, I can still remember being so nervous when I got on stage to get, you know, to get the awards for them calling out the names and, you know, calling out my name in first. I mean, it was just, man, that, that was amazing. I, I don't know if I'll ever top that feeling just because of all the things that kind of happened to me in high school and, and people telling me I couldn't do it and that being my first show and not knowing how it would go. And, but in any case, that, uh, if I wasn't gonna be, if I if I wasn't already hooked, that definitely hooked me. It was yeah. it was it was redemption. Yeah, that, that's what it, I mean. You know, not without getting you know overblowing it in terms of how important it is in the grand scheme. You know, definitely to a nineteen year old who that's all he'd known up to in his life, and what was important to him in high school was just being accepted. I mean, I never was. Uh, probably like right, right around before I right before I turned twenty. So, like, uh, late in 2001, I think, like, November wow. or so, I probably started writing articles for them. Because it wasn't too long after my show. My show was in August of 2001. And uh, it wasn't too long after that I started writing articles for them. So, yeah, it was uh, that was really cool. And um, almost immediately I started getting... I was amazed at how many people read the articles because, um, I mean, you know this, If you, even back then, if you typed anything anything about bodybuilding into a search engine, bodybuilding.com is pretty much the first link that comes up. Yes, um, yes. And uh, it was back, like that even back then. So they'd always, you know, put my article, but when they came out, they would be on the front page. And after I'd write an article, I'd probably get 10 or 20 emails, you know, the following over the course of the next few days. That's a, that's a pretty gratifying really, feeling, huh? 
Yeah, it was cool. And I really enjoyed helping people. I'm like, oh, this is so cool, you know, helping people. Actually, I had um, Dr. Joe Klimzewski help me with my first show, um, you know, getting me ready because I had no idea what I was doing. And Dr. Joe was actually one of the people that kind of inspired me to go on and do graduate work because he had a Ph.D. in nutrition. Hmm. And uh, I remember when I, when I went into him, the first time I ever met with him, for him to kind of assess where I was going and kind of help me peak for my show, um, I was sitting there thinking, man, this is so cool. And I just kind of blurted out to him, I really want to do what you do, you know? Hmm. And uh, Joe told me later that when I told him that, he thought, sure, kid, you know, you, you have no idea all of what takes, you know, you know, what I think in his mind, this kid has no idea how hard I work to get to where I am. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, he told me, he's like, well, my God, you went out and did it. <laughs> so it's, uh, that was pretty interesting to see how, you know, things kind of came full circle around over the course of a decade. What kind of, you know, I'm imagining, I'm thinking of my, of myself. And when I write articles, you know, being now that I'm, you know, my 30s and all, 31. Um, I'm thinking if I were writing these articles when I was 19, I can imagine you would probably get a lot of negative stuff too, right? Being that you're you're an expert basically at 19 years old. Yeah, I, I don't think I, I wrote them like as an expert. I, I kind of slanted them definitely towards, you know, younger individuals okay. who, you know, it, it's, I think as a teenager, it's a little bit easier to take advice from another teenager who's accomplished something just, even if the even if you feel like somebody may know more, you feel like they may not be able to relate to you as much. At least that's how I felt. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, you always get some negativity. I mean, like regardless of what you do, I mean, <laughs> one of the things I've kind of had to get over in my you know ten years of doing this is uh, you know when I first when I was younger, I always try to make everybody happy, and if somebody didn't like me or had a problem with me or et cetera, et cetera. I'd always think, well, what, why is that? Like, what, what can I do to make them like me? Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, you know, my mom actually gave me some good advice. She said, look, there's a certain percentage of people who aren't going to like you no matter what you do. So stop wasting time trying to make them happy and focus on the people that really matter. And, um, you know, even though I, I still am guilty of not always doing that, I've always tried to keep that in mind. Um, because, yeah, I mean, no matter what you do, you're going to get a certain amount of negative feedback. But uh, when I was younger, I really tried to slant those articles towards teenagers and college students. And you can see a lot of my articles were kind of about, you know, college nutrition, um, those sorts of things. And then as I got older, um, you know, my articles kind of evolved. And I mean, I get I, I get it all the time. People will post on, uh, you know, on a website that say, oh, look at Lane's article. And they'll post some article I wrote 10 years ago. Look at all this bro science, he, 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 you know. He puts in here, you know, see how much he contradicts himself. My response is always, well, yeah, I contradict myself. And 10 years ago, you know, I, my thoughts have certainly evolved since then. Um, I think one of the worst things you can do is kind of get rooted into an argument just because it's almost like you're, you know, if you just defend an argument just because that's your original argument, you feel like you'll be a hypocrite if you don't defend that. Uh, you're kind of defending a political position rather than actually trying to, you know, give the best advice. And uh, I've always said, look, you know, I may change my mind. I may go back and forth on some things, but I'm always going to give you what I think is the best advice for what all the data I have available to me at the time. So, um, you know, some people don't like that and other people appreciate the candidness. But, uh, yeah, there's always going to be a certain amount of people who don't like what you're doing regardless. I mean, I'm sure you found this out. Of course. You know, you can be the nicest, 
Um, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of an example. Evan Sintapani is like one of the nicest, most down-to-earth guys you could ever possibly meet, and you see his hate gets viewed towards him all the time. Sure. I mean, you know, I've met you. You're you're a really nice guy, and I see people, you know, uh, <laughs> you know wish ill upon you and then those <laughs> sorts of things. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like, man, you know, you, you can really be the nice to really be a nice person and it, it doesn't really make a difference. There's just going to be a certain amount of people who dis- dislike you regardless. So yeah, yeah. I, I've kind of tried to mature enough to where I don't spend a whole lot of time worrying about that. I told Darielle, I said, until I got into this industry, I always thought I was a really likable guy, you know, <laughs> until, and now I'm like, huh, what, what yeah. all these you people, didn't you, know? of, you didn't learn how much of a dick you were. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> Turns out I'm a real asshole. How do you, how, isn't that amazing? <laughs> <laughs> Lane, are you? A, this is something I was wondering, uh, and I actually kind of know the answer. But people might be wondering: Are you a fan of pro bodybuilding? I mean, do you follow the the sport of pro bodybuilding? Obviously, that's not natural. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm still I'm a fan of all bodybuilding. Uh, you know, uh, you know, my first love is natural bodybuilding. Uh, you know, I follow that like a hawk, and you know, those were you know, Dave Gooden and Joe Klinsetsky and uh, Philip Ricardo were kind of you know my idols when I was getting into the sport. Um, but you know, I still, you know, I go to Olympia every year. I go to the Arnold. I, I go to the shows. Uh, I mean, I was, you know, I got goosebumps last year when I saw Phil Heath win the Olympia because I, you know, I saw him when he won junior nationals in 05 and, uh, you know, saw the speech he gave afterwards with, you know, him and Jay on stage. I thought it was really great for, for bodybuilding to see that kind of camaraderie. So yeah, I mean, I, I still go and I, you know, I get excited to see what's going to happen and, uh, you know, because that, that was also, you know, when I was younger, I, I was following natural bodybuilding, but I was, you know, still getting Flex Magazine and NMD and those magazines and, and, and checking out what was going on. So, yeah, I definitely, um, definitely follow both. And, you know, I, I, have, I have friends that are involved in both. And, you know, I think a lot of people, I don't maybe it's because my column name in, in MD is No Juice, which I actually didn't pick out. I just kind of inherited that after um, Eric Bozer uh, left the magazine. Uh, I kind of inherited that column name. So I guess a lot of people see that and they're like, oh, well, this is some, you know, sanctimonious natural guy who thinks he's better than everybody on Juice. And I, I really don't. Uh, if you if you ever heard my news on um, steroids, it's just kind of, you know, it's a personal choice and it's a choice that I, I just I just never was really that interested in um, for a multitude of reasons. And I'm not going to pretend that, you know, I, I can tell you that I would never feel right doing it, I don't think. But I'm not going to sit here and say that that makes me right. You know what I mean? Right. Like my opinion, my opinion, that's just, I can't help how I feel about myself. And you can, people can, you know, have argued with me on that and they bring up good points and, you know, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But all I can tell you is how I feel. And, but I don't take that and judge other people on that. Just like when I say, you know, when people say, well, what's your definition of natural? And I say, well, my definition of natural is, you know, no pro hormones, no, you know, growth hormone, no steroids, obviously, um, you know, none of the gray area, you know, you know, pseudo steroids over the counter. Uh, but again, like, and I'll say, but look, you know, that's my, that's my, what I feel it is, but I'm not going to blame somebody who says, well, I took pro hormones, but I still think that's natural. Well, that's your opinion, you know? Right. Um, and I, res- I, I respect other people's opinions and, I mean, by the same token, there's people who say, well, if you take protein powder, that's not natural. If you lose weight, that's not natural. So nobody's natural. So, you know, those are all fair points. And, again, I, I've tried to make it, put it out there that, 
just because I have this one belief, I don't judge other people for, for being different. I'm not arrogant enough to think that I'm always right. I'm just, you know, mostly right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think when you see, I often see these threads, these long hundreds of posts, thousands of views thread on people debating if you are really natural or not. When you see this, I mean, I, 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 there's so many of them that I'm sure you don't read all of them or get a chance to even know that they're all out there. But when you see them and you actually read through them, does it like... Does it concern you? Does it like boggle your mind that these people are arguing about this? Um, What's the effect for it, you? It, it, I guess it probably makes me concerned more for the state of society that we're that weak-minded that we see. I mean, you see guys post on, and it's not even me. It's guys that are like, you know, if you've got like 160 pounds of abs, people are accused of being on drugs. Yeah. I mean, if that's to the point where we are now, I mean, we got some really weak-minded people out there, you know? Um I mean, on one hand, it's kind of a compliment that, you know, people accuse you of doing that. Um, I guess the only thing that really gets my, you know, me upset is when people say, well, I know for a fact that Lane Norton uses steroids. Oh, really? You want to try and prove that in the court of law? You know, because right. that's libel right there, buddy. That's slander. Right. Um, you know, if you want to have your opinion that, you know, I do something, I'm not, you know, I can't stop you from having an opinion. Um, and, you know, I'll, you know. I haven't, but, you know, I mean, again, that's, you know, um, I'm not going to, I mean, what am I supposed to do? Take a blood test every 24 hours for people? I right, mean, right. You know, it, 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 again, you know, there's a certain amount of people that are going to believe it and a certain amount that aren't. Um, I, I really think that uh, people underestimate the amount of genetic freaks that are out there. And I'm not calling myself one of those. I don't, I mean, I, I've had people tell me that I have god-awful genetics, and I've had people tell me I've had amazing genetics, and I, I tend to think I'm kind of in the middle. Right. Um, but I've seen people who, you know, I know they're natural, because I know they, they can't even afford hardly anything. They can't even, you know, they had to borrow posing trunks from somebody, you know, and they, <laughs> you know, these guys look like they've been, you know, juiced out of their minds, but they haven't. And they don't even know what they're doing, you know. And I'm sure you've, you've seen guys like sure. this area. I mean, you've been involved in it long enough that people would never believe that they're natural, but I, you know, I know they're natural. I, I just think that, I think what people want is a really clear cut line between, okay, show me this physique that's the maximum you can achieve natural. And then anything above that is not natural. And so, so that kind of gives them like a comfort zone or something to shoot for. And, and the reality is that you and me know there's no black and white. It, it's a very, there's a very gray area. There are people who are natural who look a lot better than people who have used a ton of drugs. Sure. And there are people who, you know, uh, use a ton of drugs and will never look as, as good as some guys natural. It's just how it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so that you can't draw that line. Um, and, but I think also, you know, it boils down to kind of insecurity. I mean, I, I can relate when I was younger, I'd look at anybody who was, had a better physique than me. And I'd say, well, they've only got a better physique than me because they're, you know, six years older than me or, you know, they've got to be on drugs or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And really, it was just my own weak-mindedness, you know. So I, that's why I tell people, I'm like, don't tell me you're not a hater because I used to be one. I know what you hmm. think like. That's funny. Now, Lane, you also, uh, maybe this is one of the reasons, actually, that people might uh, speculate is you are extremely strong. And I've actually, uh, I've trained legs with you, kind of. We, we I kind of did like a half of what you and uh, Ben Pukowski <laughs> were doing. So I kind of trained legs with you, but I saw the uh the strength firsthand that you have you know you and ben were pretty close together and um ben is well he's about 70 pounds heavier than you so yeah you know 
it's pretty that's pretty incredible. How did you get into powerlifting to begin with? Was this just kind of like a natural progression from bodybuilding, or is it always something you wanted to do? Uh, it wasn't always something I wanted to do. It's kind of something I always been curious about. I mean, my whole thing is like in terms of people think I'm not natural because of that. Um, I I you can go online and tell them to search a guy, for a guy named Tom Martin online. This guy looks like he's never lifted weights a day in his life. Uh, he's skinny as hell, and the dude can deadlift like he, I think he's like 180 pounds, and he deadlifts like 750 raw. I Whoa. mean, it's just you know he's probably got 15 inch arms. I mean, is he on the juice? You, you know what I mean? Like there's some people who are just strong, but I mean, if you look at my progression over the years, there was never a year where I jumped up and added you know 100 pounds to my squat in a year or anything. You know what I mean? It was always. Right. 20 pounds here, 30 pounds there, 40 pounds, you know. It's always been kind of a small incremental each year. And so, you know, that's why I would say for the same thing for my pictures. Like, go back and look at my pictures. I've never had, you know, a year where I jumped up 25 pounds. It's always been 5, 10 pounds maximum, you know. Um, but basically what it was, I've always liked lifting heavy. You know, I just enjoyed, you know, some guys love going in and doing 20 reps and getting a pump and, you know, that's fine for me too. I don't mind doing that every once in a while, but what really got me, what really gets me going in the gym is breaking some low rep PRs, you know, really piling on some weights and, and, and moving some heavy weight. And, um, so I don't know, I guess it was probably like 2004, 2005, first I, and I thought, well, maybe powerlifting might be cool. Cause I, I think I hit my first 500 pound deadlift. And I was like, oh, I wonder, you know, how that would stack up and some of my friends who are powerlifters, it was also the first time I really started looking and examining powerlifting routines and applying them towards bodybuilding. And, um, you know, I, I thought, oh, that'd be kind of cool. But I, I put it on the back burner because that was really my goal was to get my national pro card. I did that. And then when I was on my four-year break from competing because I was trying to finish my PhD, about four years into it, I was going completely nuts because I hadn't competed in anything, and I, I love to do that to push myself. And I just, uh, when I did my, when I won my natural pro card, um, it probably added a year to my PhD mm. because it just took that much out of me and took that much out of my studies, and I just told myself I wouldn't do that again. I just, you know, I didn't have the time to devote to the, I, I could eat fine, but I couldn't devote to the cardio and, and, and you know, if I'm in the off season, if I miss a session every once in a while, it's not a big deal, but you can't do that for the contest. You just can't possibly do that. Right. So in any case, uh, you know, powerlifting was like, well, maybe I can do a powerlifting beat just to kind of, you know, you know, get that competitive outlet. Uh, and, and so I did one and I, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, then I got very, so I, I switched my training focus to almost, you know, still did the hypertrophy training, but almost, you know, very heavily weighted towards powerlifting. And actually, it was so funny because I had people tell me, oh, you'll ruin your physique, you're going to look like crap. And, you know, when I stepped on the pro stage, I, I looked, you know, much improved. And it was funny because, it's funny because when I posted the off-season pictures, people were like, oh, you look like crap. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then, you know, I lost 20 pounds of fat and I posted, you know, pictures of me 12 weeks out. Like, oh my God, you got to be on drugs, blah, 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 <laughs> you know. And it's like the best way to keep, for people to think you you gain twenty pounds of muscle is to lose twenty pounds of fat. <laughs> hmm. That's funny, Lane. Um, what is uh, what's your best lift so far? Uh, my best lift are, in the uh, gym. In the gym. Well, I, in the gym. Well, last night I, my bench is my worst. Um, you know, I tore my pec a few years ago, so yeah. it's never 
um, caught up to everything else. And I think I still have trouble like fully committing to the movement when I go to press. You know, I kind of have that always, you know, it's in the Scary. back of my mind. Um, yeah, a little bit. Uh, but I hit 350 for a double yesterday, which was a personal record for me. So I, my best in a meet was 370 for a single. And I think I'm probably above that now, probably like 380 or maybe 385. Um, my best deadlift ever was uh, 700, and then my best ever squat was 615. 615, wow, pretty impressive. And then your body weight when you were at that uh, with those lifts? Uh, well, they were actually, they were, uh, the deadlift was in a different meet. The deadlift I did when I was 220, and the squat I did, the squat and bench I did when I was like 211. Okay. Do you have any plans, Lane, of uh, of this coming year in 2012? Now that we just started, of competing in bodybuilding or uh, powerlifting again in the near future? Uh, I'm probably definitely going to do a powerlifting meet. I think um, you know, provided I stay healthy and, and training continues to to go well, uh, I'm not going to do a meet if I don't think I can set some PRs. I mean, to me, you know, just going in and winning a meet just because I was the strongest guy there. I mean, that's nice, but uh, you know breaking my own personal records is more important to me. So if I feel like I'm in a position to hit some PRs, I'll definitely do it. Um, Competing-wise in bodybuilding, I think I'm probably going to take this year another year off because, uh, one, I've seen the level that the guys in natural pro shows are at. You know, it seems like you get, the level gets pushed up every year, and I just feel like if I want to be you know, consistently top three, top five, I still have some more work to do. Even though I was fortunate enough in my last, my rookie year of pro shows I placed top five and all the shows and the other thing is I just you know that last the last stuff I did took a lot out of me and I just I don't have that burning desire to do another bodybuilding show at this point I'm still eating well I still you know love training and training my ass off but um, you know I, I, bodybuilding is hard enough if you don't have that burning desire to really get on stage uh, I think it's kind of foolish to do it because it's so hard that you know, if you, if you don't really, really want it, you're going to slack on it. And I'm not going to force myself to do a show, you know, just because, okay, well, a year's up, I should do a show. Um, and the other thing is, you know, my wife and I want to start, you know, trying for a family. And, um, you know, I, I want to focus that, my full attention on that. And, you know, not, um, you know, I, I just, you know, I know some people... I've died a while, I've been pregnant, but it's just it's just nothing I'd be interested in. I wanted to put my full attention to her. Right, that makes sense. And I want to ask you about Isabel, but before I ask you, we move on to that part of your life. I'm going to ask you, I always ask natural guys this question, and I actually asked you this privately uh, before. When a guy is as good and as accomplished as much as you have naturally, not just in uh, bodybuilding, but also in powerlifting, isn't that more of a temptation to try to, I guess, go over to the dark side? Because you, you if it were me, this is just me, with my mentality, I would think, wow, I've accomplished this much, natural. Now, I wonder what I could do. How far, how much further could I go? Because as you know, like Kai Green, you know, when somebody has this great natural base, obviously right. they're going to benefit much, much more than somebody who's 18 and just starts taking stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's very true, Um Honestly, I mean, I, I would be lying if I said it never ever entered my mind. But it was, if it's entered my mind, it's been a fleeting thought. Um, I've never really given it serious consideration. Uh, and again, not for any moral or ethical reasons, but uh, it's just something that's never interested me. Uh, I, I do this because I love to compete. I love pushing myself. Um, you know, if I was going to be competitive on a national or you know try to get an IFBB Pro card. 
you know, to be quite frank, I'd have to take a lot of stuff. Sure. And, um, you know, not, not anything that would be what I would consider a safe amount. And, um, you know, to me, that's, I'm, I'm just not willing to compromise that. Um, and, you know, some people say, well, you can take a, you know, you look, you can take a little bit and you look really, really good. But yeah, that's true. But then I wouldn't be, then I'd kind of be middling. I, you know, I could win some, maybe some local and regional NPC shows, but I get, you know, I get crushed at national. I, I love the fact that I'm able to compete against some of the best in the world on the natural circuit and I don't have to worry about any of that. Um, but I mean, you, you and I both know too, that just because you're good natural doesn't mean you'll be good when you take the stuff because a lot of it is how you respond to it. Some guys respond really, really well. Um, you know, I'm not making a direct accusation, but you know, Desmond Miller, he used to be a WNBF pro and I think the best he ever placed in the WNBF pro show was 12. Like he was, he was just kind of around. Uh, and then, you know, he, um, he obviously made the decision to try and get an IFBB pro card and he's done, you know, way better in the IFBB. I think he's had a couple top three placings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and whereas, you know, there's some other guys who, um, you know, uh, like uh, Ron Harris always talks about, you know, he, he, you know, he's very candid about his use. And, uh, when he used to be a natural bodybuilder and he, he didn't hardly get anything out of taking even a, you know, even a pretty large dose of, of anabolic. So, you know, there's no, there's no guarantees. Yeah, I, I could do it and I could be, uh, I could respond really well to it. Uh, or I could get nothing out of it. But for me, uh, <clears throat> I, I like where I'm at right now. And, um, you know, I, if I, if you told me I'd never gain another ounce of muscle, I'm happy with how I look right now. Right. I mean, you know, it's not like I don't look in the mirror and go, Oh God, you know, you're so skinny. We need to put more muscle on you. Right. you know, I'm happy with how I look, but I, I lift because I like to push myself. I want to get stronger. I, you know, I want to do better on stage. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what drives me. It, it, same thing with my, my PhD. I, I didn't go do my PhD because I want all these people to call me doctor because if I, that was the reason I did it, I'd be sorely disappointed today because almost nobody calls me that. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, I did it because um, I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this stuff. Let's see how far we can push this, you know. Right. But I, when I got out of undergraduate school, I felt like I really didn't know anything. And I was like, well, I, I want to be considered an expert. You know, I really want to be legitimately feel like an expert. And I felt like to do that, I, I needed to go to graduate school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, 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 that's just kind of always been my mentality. I realize not everybody's like that, and I'm not saying it's the way you should be or anything. But, you know, I've always kind of chased, you know, achievement and chased, you know, trying to beat myself first. And I think doing that, has, everything else has kind of taken care of itself. Right. Well, the next thing on our list, I wanted to bring up. You have a, a, a lovely wife, Isabel, uh, who uh, we ju- I just met recently at your house, and uh, you happen to be yeah, like me. Hot. What's that? <laughs> I think yeah, she's hot. <laughs> she's hot. Um, so you uh, you happen to be like me. You were very fortunate in the fact that you lucked out. You know, you got a uh, a girl over there that uh, not only supports what you do and looks good, but she's also uh, uh, mentally supportive. You know, now she's she is, I guess, part of uh, Team Norton, you know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah, that, that was their whole idea. <laughs> that's very that's very rare in our industry. I mean, probably very rare in life in general to find somebody, two people that have uh, similar interests and can support each other in those interests and uh, get along well at the same time. How did you guys meet, and uh, how did you know that this was uh, somebody you wanted to spend the rest of your life with? Uh, uh, we actually met, um, so this was 2004, and uh, I was getting ready to graduate college, 
And uh, my, 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 my one of my best friends in college, Kayla, she, she was on Match.com all the time. And um, I remember I had taken some pictures of me working out for Bodybuilding.com for an article series that they were going to do my contest prep. Mm-hmm. And Kayla saw the pictures and she's like, oh, these are hot. you got to put these on Match.com and see how many links you get. You know, <laughs> links, you know telling you somebody's interested. And I was like, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm about to leave here. I, I just gotten accepted to University of Illinois for graduate school. I'm like, why am I gonna, you know, go on there and do that? And she kept pestering me and kept bugging me. And I was like, fine. If you set it up for me, I'll, I'll do it. And, uh, you know, uh, probably I guess like three or four weeks after I started it, um, Isabel winked at me, and, uh, you know, I didn't plan on anything, but I was like, holy crap, you know, she's hot. <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, you know, um, so I, you know, we, we, we talked, uh, we started talking and, uh, probably talked for three hours the first night online and then, uh, met, met up the next day. Uh, I was going to, a, I was actually going to a comedy club with my friend Kayla and another guy she was dating. So I was going to be a third wheel. So we invited Isabel along and she came with her brother. You know, she's, she's smart. She didn't show up with, uh, without help. Right. And, uh, <laughs> And that was back at the time when, you know, dating on the internet was, you know, had a, had a big stigma attached to it. Now it's a little more acceptable. Right, right. Um, but I mean, I can tell you that, um, you know, the first night I met her, I, I knew there was something special. And as cheesy as it sounds, uh, I knew I was madly in love with her in less than a week. I mean, just, you know, it's, just it's, it's cheesy as it sounds. It's, it's hard to describe if you never felt that way. But, man, everything with her just clicked. There was never any, you know, mind games or anything like that. Um, she was just she was the most amazing woman I ever met, uh, and I couldn't believe that you know this absolutely drop dead gorgeous um, Latina was interested in me. You know, so <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I I I really did luck out, and uh, you know, I mean, the first you know we we went to that puppy love stage where you know everything is you know roses and everything, and um, but even after that, you know, we still. You know, you've seen us interact. We're still very affectionate. Um, we get along very well. I mean, you know, we have our we have our little tests like every, everybody. We're both real strong-willed people, so we have it out now and then. But, uh, you know, on the whole, the difference is, is um, we feel like, we've always felt like we're a team, you know, and, and we never make, you know, it's never, okay, well, I'm going to do this show, and I don't really care what you think, right. you know. Um, it's always been... You know, let's come up with a plan for this year. You know, you know. Yesterday we sat down and we said, okay, what are we? What are our goals for this year? You know, are we competing? Are we doing this? Are we doing that? You know, what do we want to get done? And you know, we always try to be on the same page. And we're not always there, but we're always trying for that. And um, you know, there there is no perfect relationship, but you know, we we get along very well. Um, we we love each other to an insane degree. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I'm, yeah, you, I mean, you're right. I'm extreme. As you can tell, I get a loss for words, but I'm, I'm <laughs> extremely lucky to, to have found someone who, you know, I consider a soulmate and, um, you know, it's, you know, cause it's one thing to be attracted to a really, really hot girl, but it's another thing to like be able just to hang out with them, you know, forever, right. you know, basically. Um, and you know, I won't say that we never get on each other's nerves. We obviously do, but, you know, at the end of the day, there's nobody I'd rather spend my time with. You know, she's my best friend. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
the long and short of it is, I I got extremely lucky. I know not everybody is able to to find that sort of thing. Um, did she already work out? Was she already interested in competing and working out when she met you, or did you turn her on to it? Uh, well, she was she she did work out when I met her. Uh, she hadn't competed, uh, and uh, she got interested in competing when you know she went to a few of my shows and saw the figure gals and said, "Oh, kind of interesting." But I actually probably was more. Um, I, well, I definitely didn't push her towards doing it. I was actually more like, you know, I don't want you to do this unless you want to do it. I don't. I see so many guys who like try to almost push, or, or spouses, or significant others who like try to push who they're with into competing, thinking that's going to help the relationship. And in reality, usually, if the other person doesn't want it, it usually destroys the relationship. Yeah, that, um, that's a mistake, especially considering your. You're um, a diet coach, so you know you're going to be watching her and knowing what she should be eating or she shouldn't be eating. You know what I mean? So that would be right, very and tough. She, and she, she's the hardest person I've ever prepped, not because she's difficult, but because you know it's one thing if I have to tell somebody who I've never met or or, or you know only only view with the client that okay, we'll cut the carbs down to you know this. But it's another thing if I have to tell the person I love, okay, we're going to make you suffer a little bit. You know what I mean? Of course. Um, and you're dealing with the, but, the the side effects of that as well, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, so I was always, you know, okay, I, I, if you want to compete, I will support you 100%, but I want you to make sure that you're doing it because you want to do it and not because you think I want you to do it, because I could care less. I mean, if you do it, that'd be awesome and fantastic. And, you know, actually this past year when uh, she competed this past year in 2011 and she won both her shows, and I honestly, at the end of the, at the beginning of the year, I was trying to convince her not to do it because I was just, I remember the first time she ever competed, I felt like I was getting gut punched all day. <laughs> I was so nervous. And, um, you know, so I was, I felt like I was almost trying to talk her out of it, but she was like, nope, nope, nope. She's like, I want to do it. I want to do it. You know, I want it because she knew that we were probably going to start trying to have kids. She's like, I want to, she's like, I feel like I didn't, you know, really, really commit to it last time. And I really want to put everything I can into it. And, uh, you know, by God, she did it. She won both shows, and uh, she had some photo shoots, and, I mean, she looked awesome. So um, she definitely, she proved me wrong, and I was happy to see her do it. Wow, pretty pretty amazing. Elaine, one of the things, uh, I guess the main, your main source of income is coaching people. And uh, you're very, very well-known contest prep guru. Do you like the term guru, or do you like coach? I think I missed that last question, Aaron. I'm sorry. Do you prefer the term guru or coach? Oh, I hate guru. I hate <laughs> guru. Uh, because uh, I think a guru kind of implies that you're all-knowing and you know you have all the answers. And I definitely don't have all the answers. I'll be the first person to admit. I think a lot of uh, quote-unquote gurus out there, I equate this to a lot of medical doctors out there. And don't get me wrong, there's some good ones. But a lot of them have trouble saying three words. Right. Those are the words I don't know. Right, um, right. You know, it, it's okay to say I don't know if you really don't know. You know, but a lot of people feel like they always have to have an answer, even if they don't know what the hell they're talking about. And that's how I think a lot of bad information gets spread, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, whether it's – it probably cost me clients, to be honest with you, but, I, I mean, I've, I've told people they, they you know, ask me a question, and, well, I don't know. You know, I'll try and find the answer. But, uh, you know, I definitely don't have all the answers. I'm still learning myself, um, you know. But I, I think, 
as much as that might cost me a few clients, I think it actually draws some people. I think it draws the right kind of people to me as well because I think the people who come to me looking for prep, they're, they're not looking for a magic bullet. They're looking for somebody to just kind of open the door and show them the way, show them the path, you know, and, and they're ready to walk down it. I think somebody who goes to a guru almost is looking for a magic bullet. You know, they're like, you know, they're the person who's kind of, and this isn't always the case, but I think they're the kind of the person that's like, oh, you know, not really that dedicated, but if they just had that guru, you know, they could fix everything. You know, they they look at these guys in, in magazines or whatever, or whoever's training Mr. Olympia at the time, um, you know, and they'll say, well, if I, I just had him, you know, I, 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 could, I, could, I could finally make it. The reality is if you're not intrinsically motivated, if you're not, you know, what I do is an extreme luxury. It's, I'm the last maybe 5 or 10%. You know what I mean? Right. And I'll, I'll straight up tell people, um, I'm not going to work your miracles. I'm going to try and make things a little bit easier on you and try to take the guesswork out of it. You know? Um, and I'll tell, you know, I, uh, for example, I've turned away clients because, um, for example, one guy, I, I, and I'm not saying that people who don't do this are wrong or anything, but this, uh, we were talking, you know, kind of preliminarily interviewing him to become a client. And he mentioned that he had an injury. And I said, well, you know, you really ought to get an MRI on that. He said, well, I don't have health insurance. I said, I'm sorry. I'm not going to let you hire me if you can't even afford health insurance. You know, I'm not going to let you spend 600 bucks on me, you know, if you don't have health insurance. I just, I don't want that on my conscience. Right. You know, some people are like, well, you know, who are you to be the moral authority? And I'm like, well, maybe you're right. But after at the end of the day, it is my business and I can do what I want. So... You know, but I, the point is, is you know, I, I wrote a column in one of my monthly columns, and I, uh, I said, you know, choosing the right, it was called choosing the right coach. And um, a lot of it was just going into, you know, basically don't think you need a coach. You know, for example, you know, you can do prep without a coach, and I always equate it to a car. You know, a Yugo, or I don't have those anymore, but like a, a Kia right. will get you from point A to point B. It's not as nice as a Mercedes-Benz, Mercedes-Benz is a smoother ride, and if you can afford the Mercedes-Benz, you'll want the Mercedes-Benz. But if you can't afford the Mercedes-Benz, you should take the Kia. You know what I mean? Right, of course. So that, that's always kind of how I've approached it. Um, so I definitely prefer coach. <laughs> Lane, um, you are busy now. You know, you've got enough clients, and you're well enough known that you have, uh, you, at times you have a waiting list. What is the downside? What is the biggest downside of being that busy with clients? Um, probably having to turn people away. I don't like turning anybody away, you know. Um, I like being able to, to help people, but, um, you know, at this point, I pretty much only take on people who are, you know, pretty darn serious. But, you know, even that, um, I look at it as an opportunity because I have a lot of um, friends who I think are kind of budding, you know, nutritionists, budding coaches who are going to make really good coaches, and I'm able to refer these clients to them and these potential clients for them, and then they're able to get, you know, some business for themselves, and these people are still getting good help, you know. So, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I said that I, I love my job every single minute of the day. Um, you know, there's sometimes, you know, for, you know, I can't just unplug from my job, you know. You know me and Isabel went on a cruise. I had to stay, you know, attached to my computer at least once a day because I remember it's funny. I had a client who was like, um, oh, well, you really should have, you know, you shouldn't answer emails on your cruise. You should just, you know, enjoy yourself. And I said, Ryan, 
um, when you were dieting during Christmas and you had shows going coming up, how would you have liked it if I just didn't answer your emails for a week? And he thought about it and he said, yeah, I would have been pretty pissed. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I can't really ever unplug from it. And so that's probably the biggest downside, I'd say, is, you know, I'm always, you know, it, it doesn't matter, you know, if I'm on the other side of the world or, you know, what's going on in my life, if I'm having family trouble or, you know, something's going on or I'm going to a big event or, you know, it's, it's my birthday or, I actually remember this year on my birthday, I probably got more emails than I've gotten in the last three years on one day. I don't know what it was, but, hmm. you know, so that, that's probably the biggest downside is just, you know, never being able to really truly unplug. But, uh, you know, you take the good with the bad. And, and the, the good is I, I love what I do. Um, I love having that personal interaction, and I love seeing people uh, accomplish their goals. So, you know, it's, uh, sure, there are things I don't like about it, but on the, on the whole, I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I agree, and I'm kind of in the same position that Daryl is not a big fan of the of the phone because I'm always seem to be on it. But it's like uh, you're you're like me in, in the sense you're probably even more so that it's almost like you're on call. You know, if there's something related to bodybuilding that yeah. comes in or news, I'm kind of have to do it. You know. Um, and, yeah, that's right. I mean, you, if you want to be the best at something, you have to be willing to go above and beyond what other people are willing to do. I mean, you, you know this. Um, you know, if you, if I. And I always told Isabel this, you know, if I'm not willing to answer that 4.30 a.m. phone call from a client on contest day, you know, there's another coach who's going to do it who's going to put their client in a better position to win. And, uh, you know, so as much as I will lament waking up, you know, at the at the, the butt crack of dawn uh, to answer a phone call, you know, I'll definitely do it because, you know, that's what's going to help separate me from, from the other guy, you know. That's, you know, I, I'm very competitive, I, I you know. I, I want to be the best. Of course, <laughs> there's no, of course. There's no, there's, yeah, if I, if I, I don't really see much of point in doing anything half-assed, you know? Let me ask you, Lane. Um, obviously, in what we do, there are, you know, you are, I guess, it's more unusual to find people that aren't on drugs, I mean, performance-enhancing drugs or kind of one kind or another, than people that are on drugs. Right. Do you tend to get a lot of clients that come to you and, and they tell you, you know, I'm taking this and this and this and, and what should I do with this? And how do you handle that? Um, to be honest, I would say 98% of my clients are natural. Um, and, you know, that's not something I've ever put out there that it's like, oh, I don't want guys who are on the gas, you know. Um, I have worked with guys who, um, you know, use steroids or, or illegal anabolics. And, uh, I, you know, again, uh, what, I tell, what I tell them is, um, you know, I, I'm happy to work with you. Um, but what you have to understand is I'm not going to offer you advice on anabolics one, because it's a liability issue. Um, and two, because I just don't know that much about them, the individual drugs. Um, and, and typically that actually is what keeps, uh, guys who use from, from hiring me because, you know, they're going to want, they're going to want some advice on, on what they're taking. And I can understand that, you know, it's, um, you know, if you're going to hire a coach, you, you want kind of a comprehensive thing. So, um, at, at the same time, I'm sure they understand why I don't offer that. Um, but I also understand why they might choose to go a different direction, um, and, and go with a coach who can offer them that sort of advice. Sure. Sure. Now, one of the things I, I know that when you studied for your uh, doctorate, 
you studied um, Eleusine, right? That was your. Uh, it was on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I know yeah. you're a big supplement guy. You know, you know. I'm sure you're an expert on just about all the pre-workout, post-workout, intra-workout, all this different stuff people are doing. With that in mind, what do you take personally if you're not dieting for a show or preparing like on your normal life? You know, are you always dieting? Are you always eating clean? Are you always taking the pre-workout, post-workout, intra-workout, all this other stuff? I mean, you know, I, I always, um, like I said, I'm always trying to push myself to be better. So, um, you know, always watching kind of what I eat in terms of like making sure I hit my protein, carbohydrates, fat, fiber targets. Um, and, and, and that doesn't change. Even if I have, you know, a day where we go out to eat or something, I'll still try and kind of track everything I'm eating to make sure I hit my targets. Uh, <clears throat> but, um, in terms of supplements I take, you know, um, it doesn't really change a whole lot. Like pre-contest off season, the only thing difference maybe is in pre-contest, I might add the thermogenic and, and like uh, muscle something muscle more muscle sparing like uh, HMB. Uh, but in the off season, you know, uh, I kind of you know I don't get too too fancy. Um, branched amino acids, um, creatine monohydrate, beta alanine. Um, uh, well, citrulline malate. When I get the branch chain in citrulline malate from Extend, um, and you know a few a few other things like fish oil and, and vitamin D and um, uh, glucosamine and, and and those sorts of things. And then you know so, sometimes some pre workout like Novum, um, you know taurines. Uh, I might do some 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 sorts of those things. Um, and then like. Occasionally, I'll do uh, you know deaspartic acid or something like that, like a natural test booster. Um, but uh, you know, pretty much the only ones that are kind of almost always going are the creatine, beta alanine, um, um, branched amino acid, citrulline malate. Those are and the fish oil. You know, those are kind of the core of what I do. Sure. Well, Lena, I'm sure we could do a whole show on uh, on supplements with you, since uh, you know. I could ask you a bazillion questions, but I wanted to kind of keep this more on your personal life and how you got into everything. But before I let you go, I wanted to find out a little bit. I know you have a new DVD out. Um, tell us a little about that. Yeah, so uh, a new DVD is coming out. Uh, it's, we're taking pre-orders for it right now. I should have it in my hands ready to ship probably in like a week or two weeks at the latest. Uh, it's printing right now as we speak. Uh, it's called Lane Norton Reloaded. And the first DVD that I did was called Lane Norton Unleashed. And that was, Unleashed was basically a um, instructional DVD. No, not instructional, but edu- educational, informational DVD. You know, it was basically my theories, my philosophies, um, very little in the way of a story, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, Reloaded is basically about, you know, um, me getting ready for my first round of natural pro shows. So it's much more in the vein of a, a documentary. Um, you know, it's about my story. It's, um, you know, it's much longer feature, a little bit slower uh, in terms of how it's put together. Uh, Unleashed was basically a 40 minute, very short feature that was packed from head to tail with information. Uh, and you almost was one of those things where you had to go back and rewind it several times to get all of it. Uh, and then had, you know, a few, um, a little bit of bonus footage with it. Uh, Reloaded is a two-hour feature with probably another, over another hour of bonus footage. Um, and it's, you know, like I said, it's slower, but it builds the story more. Um, basically, what I tell people is, you know, if you're 
if you're just wanting something educational, you're probably not going to like Reloaded as much as you liked Unleashed. Um, but if you're kind of interested in me, my mentality, my philosophy, you know, what keeps me going, what inspires me, um, you'll really like Reloaded. Um, it's definitely heavier on the storylines. You know, it's got, you know, kind of, it's got, we've got all sorts of different footage in there in terms of training, but also my graduation from, uh, with my PhD, they actually came and filmed my graduation. Um, we got footage from three of my uh, natural pro shows I did last year. Uh, so you get to see kind of like, if you watched Unleashed, you'll get to see everything I talked about in Unleashed put into action in Reloaded. But it's just, I'm not going to take, it's just not going to be explained as in-depth as it was in Unleashed. It's just going to show me doing it. So if you watch the if somebody watched the first DVD, we'll still get more out of a second DVD. But again, you know, if you're, uh, you know, I'd rather have somebody, you know, not buy Reloaded, and and, and and rather than buy it thinking they were getting an educational DVD and then be ticked off, you know. Right. Of course. So, um, but I, I I still I I enjoy Reloaded more than I enjoyed uh, Unleashed on a personal level, um, and it's, it's got a really kick-ass soundtrack. Uh, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm friends with the guys in the, uh, the metal band uh, Chimera, and uh, they were nice enough to to um, you know donate their tracks to the for the soundtrack. So it's gonna you know if you don't like metal, you probably won't like the soundtrack. But if you like metal, uh, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome soundtrack instead of you know some of the some of the DVDs you got there where it's just kind of the generic music that they had to find for free online. Uh, so it's it, it, it's something I'm really excited about, and I hope people like it. And, uh, you know, for information on the pre-order and whatnot, you can go to my website, biolane.com, or uh, my Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Lane Norton. And I and, guess that uh, can... you know, Go ahead, Lane. Oh, no, go ahead. I was, I was putting my stone with my thought. Um, I was... Uh... I guess they can reach you uh, on either Facebook or on your website for contest prep stuff also, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, my website, I, you know, my email is the best way to reach me. Uh, my email is biolane at yahoo.com. Uh, and if you email me, uh, I will get back to you probably within the hour. <laughs> I'm usually pretty quick. Oh, that's good. That's good. So um, do you want to plug anything else, Lane? You got a, is you still, you're still working with Salvation, right? Yeah, I'm actually, um, I was sponsored with Salvation for, you know, six years. And then this past year, they brought me on as a paid consultant. So, you know, definitely it's the only supplement company I've really ever been with, other than being an intern for Avant Labs way back in the day. Um, You know, but Salvation has always treated me well. Um, They've always been, you know, ethically sound, which is important to me. And um, so, yeah, you know very cool to be you know kind of finally a part officially uh, for them um and then you know bodybuilding.com you know can't thank those guys enough they've been extremely supportive um all natural options clothing if you guys uh, like bodybuilding clothing and you're a natural bodybuilder uh, i would definitely check out all natural options they actually make some uh, pretty cool stuff believe it or not it's not cheesy it's actually pretty sweet um and you know my wife, man, she's awesome. So she keeps me going. I got, I got to put that one in there. Otherwise, when she hears the interview, you know, she's going to come after me. <laughs> oh, she'll, she'll like the interview. I'm sure she'll like this one. You, you speak very highly oh, yeah. of her. I'm not surprised, but you speak very highly of her. That's good. Yeah. You'll get brownie points. Don't worry, Lynn. 
fishing for those, you know. Yes, yes. Well, Blaine, thank you very much for coming on Access Bodybuilding. It was a pleasure to have you on, and I'm sure we'll have you back on uh, in the future. Maybe to talk about some supplement stuff as it comes up or anything. Uh, obviously, you'll be our, our expert when it comes to natural bodybuilding, for sure. Sure, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to come in and bug you guys on a more regular basis. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Lane. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Okay.